Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Improv Town. I am Clayton Mashad, and this is a mini-sode. So, during my interview with Kate and Casey, founders of Wage House Improv Theater, I was interviewing them about starting a theater, but they do a two-person improv show, and I'm obsessed with two-person improv, so we went off on that topic for a while, and I wanted to keep the original episode pretty on topic about starting a theater, but I thought uh, what they had to say about doing two-person improv was great, so I just cut it out and decided to make this mini-sode. I hope you enjoy it, and as always, rate and review this podcast. So, like, the general topic I want to talk about is, like, starting a theater and, uh, and that type of stuff, but but I'm super interested in two-person improv, so before we talk yeah, about that, I want to talk about doing two-person improv, because I feel like that is a whole different level or set of skills than than a larger ensemble both in terms of like editing because you have to edit within the scenes it's so so many <laughs> i don't know it's so true i saw susan so susan messing and rachel mason mm. were at piff uh not this year but the year yeah. before and it was just like holy effing shit like how how do two people just in like they just turn away for one second and they like know that that's a whole white, like everything about it was just like, oh, that is so cool. That's what I want to do. And then did it once with Tim Mahoney. I think you guys know Tim Mahoney, right? Yeah. Um, him and I did one at the CTC and it was like, it just devolved into, I don't know. It wasn't what I, it wasn't what I was hoping for. And then Alyssa, Alyssa and I just did one, did a two person Herald a few weeks ago, Whoa. and that one was that was actually cool. it was actually really cool, and it wasn't that one was. How wasn't, do you remember? Did you remember all of the stuff? Yeah, actually, I think that the yeah it was a super weird experience. I think that the best way to actually get good at the Herald would be to to practice it as a two person one because it forces you to have to do everything, and it forces you to have to remember the beats. So, like, you know, sometimes it's just easy to, like, get distracted. You know, I don't even necessarily know the premise of the scene I was just in before it got wiped. So, you know, what, like, what the game of it is. So, like, I, I guess someone, like, they wiped it, and I still don't really know what we were doing. So, I guess someone else is going to have to start that second beat, because I don't actually know what we got when you wiped us. And, like, you know, and, and you'd be like, oh, I pulled one good premise from that opening, and there's five of us, so, like, so if each person pulls one, even if some of them overlap. But when it's just two people, you have to just do all the work by yourself. So it, it like, I don't know, it just ends, it's like a super good just training technique, mm. even if like the heralds aren't as good as they would be with a larger ensemble. Like more brain. Just as far as like reinforcing and making you have to do all the heavy lifting. So I think for me, um, I always like to take the intimidation factor out for folks right away. So for me, it's less cooks in the kitchen. So you're dealing with less people's ideas when you're just doing a duo or a trio, but a duo specifically is what we're talking about. But there's less uh, people to get on board with group mind wise. And um, you're not dealing with different people's um, edits in weird ways that you weren't maybe seeing in your own brain. 
so I think right away there's a lot that makes it easier to do. So I always want to encourage people like, ah, oh, don't let this scare you. Like, go ahead yeah. and get in there. Improvising with one person who you're super comfortable with is way easier than improvising with five people you're semi-comfortable with. Absolutely. It's super intimate. So you are familiarizing yourself with that other person's choices, that other person's style, and that can be really comforting because you're like, oh, I know you. I know the way you play. And then you start to develop the shorthand between you two where it's like, oh, I know exactly when you are switching character. I know right. when you're editing. I know when you're, um, you know, doing whatever move you're doing. I also think you mentioned like the Herald being more successful for you than the other one. And I'm not sure what the other form was that you were doing, but form, I think, is super helpful when it comes to two person mm. improv, whether that is a form you created yourself that you just found together, um, which is sort of what Casey and mm -hmm. I did, or you're doing a specific form that you already know about and have uh, familiarized yourself with. I think that gives you a place to hang your coat and sort of say, ah, we know the roadmap, we know where we're going, so we just have to go there together and find all the fun on the way. But it allows you, it allows you to see your way through it instead of sort of saying like, oh man, are we going to be able to get through an hour, just the two of us? What if this, what if our scene, you know, is confusing at the top and we don't know where to go from there? It's like, no, you know where to go. You have a form to follow. Ooh, yeah, that's a super mm -hmm. interesting point. So, not the last interview I did, but the last one that got put up is my one with Tim Thibodeau, where yeah. we talk about forms. And so it's super interesting to hear the kind of, the, you talk about how, how the importance of a form is, is, is different in a, when you're doing a two person show, how you feel it's more, more important than when you're. I enjoy it. I don't know if it's more important, but for me, it, it gives me a place to hang my, my coat. Like I, I feel as though I have a blueprint that helps me guide guide myself as a player through through that hour. So you guys said you kind of created your own form. So how would you, do you have a name for your form and how would you describe it? The Kate and Casey form? I guess so. Yeah. The Kate and Casey form. We, we really like to start with what becomes the source scene at the top of the shows, which is um, a really patient, slower two-person scene that we really try to dive into the relationship and find some patterns and uh, make it a really, really clear world in, in all the aspects. And then we try to have a lot of more just like fun, one-off, gamier scenes in the middle. So it's kind of like we start off really patient and then we tap into that other side of ourselves, which is like crazy kooky, like shoot out of a cannon we try to do a, a run of that and then when we kind of need a break up. we go back to those characters we created in that nice slow vivid environment and we continue to flesh them out and we we have three beats of that source scene and in between we just kind of have that more of a fast-paced fun one-off things and you're not playing those same characters that are in those source scenes right you're doing completely different Oh, yeah. Premised up, inspired by what happens in those scenes, or so just more anything? It can really be anything. It can be, like, game, theme. Uh, it's really, like, one of the things I've attached myself to is the rhythm of the show. It has a really fun rhythm because we're, like, slow, 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 fast, 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 fast. 
And in those fast scenes, anything is game. You can just pull a, a one word detail. You can pull. Um, right, the person said cowboy boots in that first scene. Now let's do something about cowboy yeah, boots right, or whatever. Exactly. It can. It really everything is open and on the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can just see have the under, each other. It doesn't. Yeah. yeah. We just more have the understanding like dive right in because this isn't going to be like that long like meandering we'll justify it as we go scene it's more just jump in make some choices play those choices have fun and then get jump to the next one and how do you uh how do you wipe your two-person scenes we clap at it within the scene okay i think eventually we'll like there's some there's some groups and some duos who do really nice like just very fluid organic transitional Edits like TJ and Dave are very fluid. Orange Tuxedo, Carla and Craig Kukowski, like they're very fluid. And I think eventually we'll work towards that. But just to kind of make it clear to the audience and to ourselves, we'll do a clap edit and then kind of clear the stage. And then, so then what if you were going to do a tag out? Do you just do a tag and then they know that? Yeah, we definitely tag out in the show, um, and we also swap characters. So sometimes we tag each other out so that the other person can go be the... Oh, yeah, go, that's... Like, I'll become Kate's character. Right. So she can walk on as a different character. So she just... I think we have a good shorthand with each other, whereas, like, if she makes a... If we're in a scene and she just kind of makes a sudden movement, I just kind of, from reading the scene, I'll know, like, oh, she's going to be that character we just mentioned walking on. And so I can decide whether to stay my character or become her original character. Whatever is best serving, kind of like the game of the scene and the funny of the scene. Like, why is she making that choice and who does she need me to be? And then just stepping in into that role. Oh, I want to talk so much about two-person <laughs> two improv. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's, really cool. it's really cool to see. Obviously, like, TJ and Dave are super yeah. strong at it. And Arnish Tuxedo is amazing. There's a lot of um, really great duos out there and like I just started doing a duo with my husband and it's 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 just such a cool a cool thing like you get to make so many choices about the form and then you get to make so many choices within that form so it's for some people very intimidating and you think it would be more cumbersome and like more on your shoulders going into it but it's really like fun yeah yeah it's that's I can't remember I think it's I don't think it's Colbert. I think maybe it was um, shit. Why can't I think of his name? But like that, more restrictions can actually lead to more creativity by having like, uh, yeah. or more more structure <laughs> yeah. can actually lead to to being more productive. I strongly and being agree with that. More creative. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Some people are like, "Get this form off of me, man! Don't put any forms on me, man!" I don't know who I'm. <laughs> who I'm impersonating right now, <laughs> but like people are like like sometimes you meet those improvisers who's like I don't want like or you'll be like hey everybody we're doing heralds and then there'll be like that one person who will do like a group game and right in the beginning and you're like hey what happened to the herald and they're just like oh, I just thought I'd forget the herald right and we're like no. We all agreed. <laughs> in my mind, I actually have a specific person who you are oh, doing. No, I'm not, but I'm not going I'm not impersonating them. I have no to, idea who I'm, I'm impersonating. Not going to all characters in this podcast are fictional. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that disclaimer because that's totally what it is. But yeah, there, I think there's um, some people who um, just would rather do like a loose montage. But I agree with both of you. 
a structure and a form can really take away a lot of the guesswork as to like what choice is this person making and why. Right, yeah. Yeah, especially something like the Herald where you obviously know like, yeah. oh, this is the second beat of, of this other thing. Yeah, that was the other thing that was interesting about doing, Melissa and I were doing the two-person Herald. So like I was saying, that sometimes you'll be in a source scene and a lot of the time, especially if you only have like a 15-minute set or something, you'll try to keep those source scenes really short. So sometimes they will get wiped before you yourself like <laughs> thought that there yeah. was a game or thought that there was anything. Is that how long you had to do the two-person Herald? Yeah, because it was you our... 15-minute set? I think we had like 10 minutes. What? But we did it at seven... <laughs> In seven scenes, we like we wow. did no opening, no group scenes, and just oh. and third beat one scene. So wow. just seven scenes. Good for you guys. And it, it yeah, it was weird. It, it was not like it was definitely not the funniest, but it was the tech, and not that like technically correct. Yeah, you guys put your that's, heads down. That's and not like, like we're doing this form. That's not what you're you're, you're not aiming because like who cares if you we're do gonna, it? Who we're cares not gonna get you, to two B and. Get the lights turned off on Yeah, us. like, who cares if you do a perfect herald as long as you do a funny, entertaining show, right? But it was yeah. still like, oh, this is, like, the first time they were ever like, well, we only have this much time. This is the seventh scene. That's all we're going to have time for. We just have to make all three of these scenes combined yes. in this one scene. And even that same thing, like, just with that restriction, it's like, well, this just yeah. has to happen. Yes. But, yeah, but the other thing I was going to say, so about getting wiped you know, in the source scene before you know what's going on, when you're just doing it with two people, either you end the scene or the other person ends the scene. And so you know either I end the scene because I know what I know what we're going to do for our next beat or they've ended the scene because they know what the next beat could be. So there's never that like, oh crap, what's going to like happen next? Because it's like, well, if they edit, like if they edited it, if they wiped A1, then when we come out in B1, I know that they have... They had thought of what the thing should be. Yeah. And that, yeah, that's like another thing that was just like, well, you never have that stress of like having to sit on the sideline to be like, what is a good next beat for that? What was the game of that scene actually about? And it's like, either I wiped it because I knew it or they wiped it because they knew it. And when we go back out, either one of us is going to have that thing. And so, yeah, because yeah. that's the other thing about the Herald or any form is that it can put you in your head on the sidelines being like, oh, what should I do yeah. later? Mm, Whereas if it is just two people, you can never do that because you're never on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. right. So you can never not be in the scene. Which is awesome. Right. Which For, From lots of perspectives. Absolutely. You're not sitting there being nervous. You're not sitting there thinking. You're just moving forward and having fun in the moment, as you're saying. Yeah. 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 So... Everyone, you should do two-person improv. Yeah, do it. Um, I still have more questions about two-person improv. Do you guys ever do ghost characters? So, like, yeah. you, you know, you... One, of us, all one of us is dead and a ghost? <laughs> no, 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 no. We do a lot of... Oh, no, no, no. I was like, I absolutely, mean, like, every show, every single show. <laughs> I guess I should explain, both for... Just, also, just for the audience. Like, like, ghost, by which I mean, in baseball, how you'd be like, ghost man on second which TJ and Dave do a lot. So say you, you're doing a two-character scene, and then you're like, oh, shit, the boss is coming. And Kate leaves and enters as the boss. Absolutely. So there's a third character, mm -hmm. or you know, Kate's original character, who is there, yeah. but is now invisible. Yeah. And so then, but then like having conversations, like turning back to that character and being like, I think she heard us, and then like having a 
Yeah. Um, and we just uh, had a year anniversary here at the theater. And, um, Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. and so we, to celebrate that as our show, we put together a compilation of, uh, cause we, we did the first eight weeks at Wage House. So every Friday, the first eight weeks, was it? Yes. We did, uh, Kate and Casey. So then we went back and had an awesome time watching all the footage from that. No, no. She says awesome. Yeah. It was terrible. It was horrifying. And upsetting. We skipped and boring through. and scary. It wasn't upsetting. Yeah. It, was, it was cringy. cringy. Sometimes cringy. Sometimes, I mean, watching yourself back at tape, like you're like, oh God, we should fast forward to the scene because it's going to be bad. And then we don't fast forward. We're like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Um, so it's good in that way. But just to kind of see sometimes when you make a bad choice, that's cringy. Yeah. So we put yeah. together like a best of. So we took all those improv scenes that we liked, punched them up, strung them together in a, a good video, way. or you recreated them. Recreated them. them, and then did that as our year kind anniversary like a sketch show. show. Exactly. Like a so improv to sketch, really. Yeah. But it was it was pretty um, close to what we had originally created in those original yeah. improv scenes. We had oh. one scene. We had one thread where it was when we originally performed it. It was a book club, so we had. It was the two of us on stage, but we had four characters on stage. Yeah. So we were, is that the scene you were talking about? Absolutely. But there were so many times where we were like, do we need that sixth character that we created in this scene to make it funny? Like there were so many moments where we had so multiple characters going. We do a ton of that is my point. And so we were like trying to navigate. um, And in the book club scene, yeah, we kept all four characters when we brought it back. And just bopped between them. Yeah. I think stage picture is is a, a huge factor in ghost characters, as you say. Um, yeah, I don't know if I coined that. I don't... I like it. Yeah, I don't I don't know I where mean, I came up with it. If you remember but. who came up with it, credit them when you remember, but for I th- now... I think I, I came up with it. I think I deserve <laughs> the credit. I like it. I think I stole right. it from, ghost man. from when you play yeah, baseball as a kid. Yeah, like, ghost, ghost man. Ghost man is yeah. first. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, that's a fun that's a fun thing to be able to do, um, in in just having more options. And you're right, TJ and Dave do an awesome. Yeah, that job was like that. I mean, obviously when you see TJ and Dave, there's so many things that friggin' blow your mind. And we could like, just talk about TJ and Dave for like li- four I could hours. literally <laughs> I could just do an entire hour long episode of just me talking to people about how, not actually TJ and Dave you're yeah, talking just, to, but just like people about. This is an episode <laughs> about TJ and Dave. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> and I'll so much, of, so episode. much of the questions I would have about two-person improv are like inspired by stuff that's like seeing them and then being like, I didn't think that that was possible or not possible, but like I never would have thought to do that in a million years. Yeah. Um. So, and then you guys said you switch characters, like you'll you'll switch roles and stuff, because that's yeah, that's the other super sweet thing, like. It'll be three characters, and the one person will leave, become a ghost character. Then the other person will step in and become the ghost character. So now they're playing the other person's character, and then the mm-hmm. other person will leave, say, as the boss in that example, and then take up the other person's. And it's like, oh, that's yeah, and sometimes so much fun. sometimes it works. Um, sometimes it doesn't. I think the times it doesn't is when like that third character would could exist in the scene without without you like becoming that character or or somebody jumps into that into playing that character before the two other people have clearly defined it 
So for example, like I think, so if it was like coworkers and they were talking about their boss and they didn't really have a lot fleshed out about the boss, but then they established that the boss entered and somebody jumped into the boss and started talking as the boss, like unless it, it might be a little clunkier without the boss more clearly defined. Yeah, so don't. If that makes sense. Yeah, don't force it just because it's cool. It's we're like talking kind of about advice. like improv is an imaginary world, and then we're also talking about like the deeper imaginary world <laughs> of ghost characters. That's what, this, that's what this podcast is all about the imaginary, imaginary. The, the, the deep world. imagination. <laughs> inside, yeah. inside baseball. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you just you learn through doing like, hey, we can have as many characters as we want on stage, but don't always feel the need to like become those characters right away. Only only become those characters in the flesh if if it's needed and necessary. Good advice. So yeah. it's super cool, but don't force it. Yeah. I mean if you mention if you're in a duo and you call attention to a third character, don't feel the pressure to immediately jump into that character you can totally like reference and talk to that character and in its invisible form yeah yeah Yeah, both of those two ideas about the waiting waiting till this ghost character quote unquote is fleshed out and then also the switching of the characters that each other are playing remind me of like the the character circle Mm -hmm. exercise right so whatever, the circle A, B, C, D, and then character A creates a character, or everyone says something about the character, then the person does the character, and then person B does the character. And so, like, the funniest thing about that is, it has to do with both of those, I guess, which is, like, it's funnier to see someone play a character that they're not, it's definitely not that they're pimped into, but when you've already given all the crazy, like, oh yeah, I know, that French accent of his is insane. And like, what about his peg leg? And like, why does he always like talk to his invisible dog? And whatever, you know, just like, just building up all this, like, then it's way funnier for someone to be like, well, now I guess I'm going to go play that insane French accent peg leg invisible dog talker rather than if it was like the boss came in and then you just went up and started like doing that. Exactly that. We celebrate... I think we, for me, like one of the ways I look at it is we celebrate recognizability and clarity. So in improv, you look like a rock star when you make each other make sense. And when you um, do something that you fulfill that promise that you've made. So if someone steps, uh, starts describing another character and they say, oh, they're, they're very, you know, clumsy and they, they talk... Um, really philosophically and while they're bumping into everything and then someone comes in and delivers exactly on that promise we love it and we love them for fulfilling that promise um and just like when we start a scene and we say henderson get in here and someone comes in and is like i'm so sorry boss we are like yay right, right. you fulfilled the promise of what you were uh describing on stage Instead of inventing this thing that didn't need to be there or that was never described or expected, we think we all need to be super creative and improv when really we just need to fulfill the promise of recognizability and what we're creating. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great advice. 
Right. It's always like, like make bold choices. That's fine. Yeah. Good advice, but should not be like supplanted by the idea of, of yes, of, of and yes, ending. Right. As opposed to just and, as opposed to, you know, like and versus yes and then I'm gonna do that thing and then add a little more. Yeah. More detail to it, like. Yeah, just being like, oh, here's the boss, and then just being like, I don't know, just take, you know, adding some crazy, coming out of some crazy character that no one ever talked about, and no one ever... Exactly, yeah, it's like, oh, do we need this other thing? And if we do, we better understand it, and if we do understand it, then we can play it, and we can bring them in and incorporate them into the quilt that we're already making. But if someone just walks in and is the the crazy thing... We're like, great, we didn't need you and we don't know why you're here and now right. we got to do a whole but lot of work to Chris understand. Chris Farley just walks into the scene. Oh, Chris Farley. He can't do that. He's the exception. He's the, the exception. Um, I was listening to this interview with Sharna and she was Sharna Halpern and she was talking about, about like ever, about, you know, all like the early IO stuff and just started talking about Chris Farley. Like almost teared up. Just literally being like, oh, I like, I like let him stay at my house with like, it's like, her and Dell took him out and tried to give him like lessons on how to be like a more like not gentlemanly like what's the word that I'm, like refined 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 yeah. and like <laughs> like fallen. I was just like it was I almost cried so many times listening to that interview. It's on the Meat podcast, which is normally performing improv, but they just did an interview with Sharna, Aww. and it was like <laughs> it's great. It was super just like listening to her basically like picking up all of these is a total digression but um <laughs> but like just helping out and like i don't know she's obviously incredible she gets a lot of credit but i still don't think she gets the credit that she deserves for being the godmother of <laughs> improv in america You've been listening to Improv Town. If you enjoyed this episode, rate and review us wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're in the Rhode Island area, don't forget to check out all the great local improv. Pig, the Providence Improv Guild, has shows every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at 8. The Contemporary Theater down in Wakefield is currently doing Maestro Improv at 9.30 on Fridays. And the Bit Players do Shore Form down in Newport every Friday and Saturday night at the Firehouse Theater. And that's BYOB, so that's always fun. You can also check out Improv Jones, Rhode Island's longest-running improv show, on the first Saturday of every month. That's down at the uh, AS220 Black Box in Providence. Last but not least, there's a new improv theater in town, Wage House, which has shows every Friday night at 8 in Pawtucket. And many of these theaters also offer great improv classes, so don't forget to check those out as well. I'm sure Google can help you find everything you need. See you next time.